Hello again, friends. Pastor Lowell here. We are at number 11 in our Return to Rome series. I invite you to join me for a brief prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you that again we can turn our thoughts to you as we live here at end time. Prepare us for Christ's soon coming, we pray. Bless each of our listeners. In Jesus' name, amen. We are in section three of our Return to Rome series. This is the section, Thirsty for Unity, How Rome Will Unite the World. We are continuing with answering the question, what is creating this thirst for unity? And The first thing we've been looking at is climate change and natural disasters. And I read last time from CNN News, April 9, 2020, Pope says coronavirus pandemic could be nature's response to climate crisis. And you understand the Pope has been urging the world to do more to save the planet. I want to read now from Phil Star Global. This is a Philippine news publication, March 19, 2020, with a heading entitled In Search of a Better World. And the article said this, quote, This pandemic is the first calamity of global magnitude to have shaken the world this badly since the Second World War. Maybe one way to look at the current crisis is to see it as the planet's desperate demand for a Sabbath, a cessation from unbridled consumerism and the parasitic activity that work becomes when the pursuit of profit becomes its primary goal. End of quote. Now this is a statement from Tablet Magazine. Tablet Magazine is a daily online magazine of Jewish news, ideas, and culture. And they had an article in March 19 of 2020 entitled, The Sabbath in an Era of Climate Change. And it says, quote, We humans face a set of dire ecological crises. The results of what many now call the Anthropocene era, the era of human modification of Earth's planetary systems. These crises, global warming, altered weather, species extinction, the threats of various kinds of toxic pollution, the proliferation of garbage, soil erosion, desertification, declining freshwater supplies, and so on, constitute not only an absolutely real imminent threat to the future well-being of humankind, but also it sometimes seems a modern manifestation of the various litanies of biblical curses. And then it says, given their continued widespread influence, biblical religion and its offshoots offer one practically compelling and promising solution, Shabbat a Sabbath day of rest, a weekly ritual both symbolic and with real-world impacts, widespread observance of Shabbat done right could reduce environmental harm by about one-seventh in much of the world and provide a platform for ongoing meditating on our environmental sins and their consequences. This could prove to be the one 
of the cheapest environmental solutions at humanity's disposal, observing a truly full weekly Shabbat, that's like having a day of rest, a day off, observing a truly full weekly Shabbat, doing nothing, as it were, offers an effective action that one can take now to help heal our environment. End of quote. What does that sound like? Heal our environment. That sounds exactly what, like what Pope Francis said in his encyclical. Let me read it again from paragraph 237. Laudato Si', Pope Francis said Sunday, like the Jewish Sabbath, is meant to be a day which heals our relationships with God, with ourselves, with others, and with the world. End of quote. Now I'm coming back to the article written by this Jewish rabbi from Tablet Magazine, March 19, 2020. He said, I'm, I am calling for flexible but maximum, uh, maximal observance of a weekly day of rest, whether it is Saturday, Sunday, or Friday for different people or in different places. End of quote. Now you tell me which day do you suppose the world is going to choose of those three options, Saturday, Sunday, or Friday. Hmm. It seems logical they would choose Sunday. That's what most of the world is choosing now anyway. Does it really matter to God which day we choose to keep is set aside for rest? Let's read the answer from God himself. This is from Exodus 20, verses 8 through 11, the second book in the Bible. Exodus 20, verses 8 through 11, God says, Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. He doesn't say a Sabbath day, but the Sabbath day. Six days shalt thou labor and do all thy work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. Please notice it says the seventh day, not a seventh day after six days of work. But the seventh day is the Sabbath of the Lord thy God. In it thou shalt not do any work. Thou, nor thy son, nor thy daughter, thy manservant, nor thy maidservant, nor thy cattle, nor thy stranger that is within thy gates. That's the Gentile. The stranger is supposed to keep it too. For, here's the reason, for in six days the Lord made heaven and earth, the sea and all that in them is, and rested the seventh day. Wherefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and hallowed it. So we understand that the seventh day is the Sabbath, according to God. And we know that the seventh day of the week, the Encyclopedia of the Dictionary will all tell you, that is the day we call Saturday. And what's interesting to me, the word Sabbath itself actually means sign or seal of the Father or of God. It's the Sabbath you can find right there in the heart of God's law. It is the seal of God. Now, you understand that a seal authenticates a document, a law. Every law has to have a seal. So, apparently, we find God's seal right here in his law, and it's the Sabbath. And a seal, we understand, has three parts. The name of the lawgiver, which in this case would be Lord thy God. The title of the lawgiver, which in this case would be Creator or Makor, and then the territory of the lawgiver, which would be heaven and earth. 
So here we find the seal in God's law, seal of God. Now, if you study Revelation, you discover that at end time, there's going to be this great issue concerning the seal of God or the mark of the beast. We receive either one or the other. And we understand the Sabbath is God's seal. Saturday is the true Lord's Day, the Sabbath, according to the Bible. You ask any Jew, which is the seventh day of the week, and they'll tell you clearly it's the day we refer to as Saturday. I want to clarify right here, no government should enforce any day. No government has a right to enforce worship. We understand that God's law is divided into two tables. There's the first table, first four commandments, that deals with our relation to God. That part of God's law is private our own private worship of God. No government should dictate you must worship this God or that God. You must worship on this day or that day. That is private. Freedom of religion is one of the most basic of human freedoms. But then the other table of the Ten Commandments, the last six commandments, that's public, dealing with how we relate to one another. It's not killing or stealing or or telling lies, perjuring. Those things, certainly human governments, have a part to play in, keeping law in order. So we understand that no government should be enforcing private worship or a day of worship. But we can clearly see from God's law itself that the Sabbath is God's seal. And I might mention right here that a spirit-filled Christian that is keeping the seventh-day Sabbath truly has the seal of God. The Sabbath is God's seal. It is the sign of God's authority. Well, that leaves us with the question, what is the sign of Rome's authority? What is the sign of the papacy's authority? Well, folks, we will answer that question in our next study. Join us again next time as we continue our series, Return to Rome. We'll end with just a short prayer. Heavenly Father, we pray that you would place your seal upon our minds and that you would help us to choose to be obedient to you, keeping your day, the Sabbath, seventh day of the week, Saturday, holy. Bless us to that end, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, friends, from Lowell here, I say to each of you, God be with you until we meet again.